Welcome to The Wellness Connection with your hosts, Roddy Aglis and Peter McCarthy. Our program provides you with timely and relevant information on the state of your health and the topics surrounding it, such as natural remedies, green living, expert opinions, important facts, and more to contribute to your healthy lifestyle. Now, here are Peter McCarthy and Roddy Aglis. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Connection. I'm your co-host, Roddy Aglis. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. Today's show features a fascinating interview with pioneering herbalist and entrepreneur Paul Schulich, who will discuss why and how keeping the body's largest organ, the skin, healthy is so important. And our Health Freedom segment features Texas activist Sheila Hemphill, who will share important information on the closed-door operations of the Texas Medical and Nursing Boards. Plus, our usual segments, the Supplement of the Week, the Burning Question, and this week's Drug-Induced Nutrient Depletion Update. But before all that, Radia, you have some promising news about curcumin's effect on blood glucose, don't you? Yes, I do, Peter. Curcuminoids have received considerable attention as having possible benefits in the treatment of dysglycemia, a broad term that refers to an abnormality in blood sugar stability. This could include hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, or hyperglycemia, high blood sugar. A meta-analysis published in Pharmacological Research evaluated whether the supplementation of turmeric extract curcuminoids and or isolated curcumin is more effective than placebo in decreasing fasting blood glucose in adults. Medline Central Science Direct and Gray Literature databases were researched as were a number of randomized controlled trials. Eleven studies were included. In the overall analysis, turmeric Curcuminoids and curcumin supplementation led to a decrease in fasting blood glucose, and supplementation of curcuminoids and or curcumin decreased the concentration of the diabetic marker uh, hemoglobin A1c. Supplementation of isolated curcumin or combined curcuminoids were both effective in lowering the fasting blood glucose concentration of individuals with some degree of dysglycemia, but not in non-diabetic individuals. Isolated curcumin led to significant decrease in the hemoglobin A1c compared to placebo. Well, you know, it's really uh, exciting information and shows one more application of curcumin. We had a guest on, of course, last season that talked about uh, curcumin and inflammation, among other things, and now this is even more interesting news. You know, and that was Dr. A.J. Gold, who That's was right. the director of um, botanical research at Baylor, and he's written 250 peer-reviewed research studies on curcumin, and in his case, primarily cancer, GI cancer. Right. But one of the important things that he, you know, stated in that conversation was, we're not talking about turmeric. And a lot of people come into the store and they want turmeric. And what Dr. Gohl said was turmeric is a spice. Um, That it's wonderful on your curry, but it really, you can't get enough curcumin out of the turmeric to to be beneficial in that respect. Right, he said that it's two to four uh, two to four percent uh, uh, curcumin. Yeah, so you really want to get curcumin, not turmeric. Right. 
So, and Peter, you have some good news for those people who have discovered the benefits of fructooligosaccharides. It is good news, Radia. In an article published in the Journal of Physiological Biochemistry, the author team outlined the potential benefits of this important nutrient. For those who are unfamiliar with the term, fructooligosaccharides are composed of short fructose chains. They are a type of carbohydrate called oligosaccharides, which occur naturally in plants such as onions, chicory, garlic, asparagus, banana, artichoke, and many others. FOS have a number of interesting properties, including a low sweetness intensity. They are also calorie-free, non-carcinogenic, and are considered as soluble dietary fiber. And furthermore, the authors said that FOS have important beneficial physiological effects, such as low carcinogenicity, a prebiotic effect, improved mineral absorption, and decreased levels of serum cholesterol, triglycerols, and phospholipids. Currently, FOS are increasingly included in food products and infant formulas due to their prebiotic effect of stimulating the growth of non-pathogenic intestinal microflora, otherwise known as the good bacteria. And their consumption does increase regularity and a dose of 4 to 15 grams per day given to healthy subjects can help reduce constipation, which is now considered one of the growing problems of modern society and of newborns during the first months of life. And you know, I don't know about you, but I've, I've had a number of conversations with young mothers who come in and oh, yeah. the baby can't poop. Right. The yeah. baby can't poop. The mom can't poop. I get it all day long. I get uh, all kinds of people who are coming in. It is, it is uh, becoming an epidemic along with, with anxiety and insomnia. There you go. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I think, though, that, that this is one more example of what we've been talking about during the last few shows about how nutritional science has galloped ahead over the last 10 to 15 years and really is, is now making incredible advances with great benefit for a great number of people across the planet. Yeah, I, I like this um, study bringing up uh, a FOS as being an important prebiotic. So for those of you out there that are taking a probiotic, Think of a prebiotic as like plant food. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, when you've got your probiotic, you, you want it to proliferate. And what helps it proliferate is FOS. Yeah, that's exactly right. And now it's my great pleasure to introduce our special guest today, Paul Schulich. Paul's passion for natural healing began as a young child while accompanying his pediatrician dad on house calls. In the early 1970s, Paul embarked on a formal study of alternative health through personal exploration into healing and avid reading of the naturopathic greats of our time. Paul formalized his master herbalist training at the School of Natural Healing under the direction of Dr. John Christopher. His early herbal formula formulizations were recognized as new chapters and set the stage for process of singular contributions to the food supplement industry. In 1986, Paul formulated the products we now know as New Chapter Dietary Supplements, the first line of whole food probiotic nutrients 
integrated with holistic herbal extracts. He formulated Zyflamen, the first of its kind multi-herb natural anti-inflammatory natural COX-2 inhibitor, which has 24 published studies uh, listed in PubMed.gov from prestigious research facilities. In 2005, New Chapter became the first to achieve organic certification in the supplement industry under the standards of the USDA National Organic Program and subsequently was the first vitamin and supplement company to be non-GMO project verified. In 2012, New Chapter was acquired by Procter & Gamble, marking P&G's first entrance into the vitamin and supplement market. Mr. Schulich remained as founder for six years under P&G's ownership. Paul, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Thank you so much, Peter. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. Yes, and Paul, since leaving New Chapter, your focus has shifted to the area of skin health. Why do you say that skin is our third brain? Uh, there's been some really remarkable research, Roddy, uh, published over the past five years, and actually even before that, as much as 20 years ago, there was a sense that the skin was much more than we, than we were thinking of. Researchers in Japan uh, really were the ones to kind of highlight the term third brain to describe the skin a researcher by the name of Mitsuhiro Denda. And what he discovered was that the skin is capable of generating a variety of hormones and neurotransmitters, much like what our brain does. And the cells of the skin, the keratinocytes, actually have the ability, believe it or not, to actually have a, a sense of seeing and a sense of hearing. So we're not just hearing with our ears or seeing with our eyes. We are literally sensing our world and, for that matter, the universe with our skin. Wow. Well, you know, and, and when, you, when you think about that intuitively, that makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. How many times have so many of us had a, uh, a, uh, an, an experience where we turned around without seeing something and sensing that someone or something was close to us. That's exactly it, Peter. And, and the more you focus on that, it's like that old saying, what you appreciate appreciates. And if you look at some of the ancient cultures, they had a sense at like the meridian points in acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, they knew that the electrical signaling by literally tapping into little spots along the meridian lines on the skin, you could tap into the central nervous system. Now, most people know that the first brain, of course, is our, our brain brain and our, and our central nervous system, our spinal cord. The second brain is the brain of your gut. Um, and now the third brain, as we've discussed, is the brain of your skin. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Bruce Lipton, who wrote Biology of Belief, but he's... Yes, was, I am. Right. He changed our paradigm thinking about the cell, where he was stating that the nucleus of the cell is not the brain, but the membrane is really the brain of the cell. So I think what it sounds like to me is you're saying that our skin is like the membrane of us. That's exactly right. And each of our membranes 
each of our organ systems is each coated by their own membranes. So we're just like one big membrane as a homo sapiens. But now here's where the twist and the story starts to get even more interesting. A couple of years before the identification of the skin as the third brain, a researcher at Texas Tech, Mark Light, um, at the Department of Immunotherapeutics and Biotechnology, he referred to a interkingdom signaling. Now, what does that mean? What that means is that we have our skin, but, and I'm sure you've had many shows about the gut microbiome, but very few people are still aware, or I should say more are becoming aware, that our skin hosts a whole series of kingdoms of viral life, bacterial life, and fungal life that lives on us as well as in us. And so there is an interkingdom signaling around our membrane, which we call the skin, and everything is communicating with everything else. So it's like the bacteria and the fungus and the viruses, they're monitoring us and we're monitoring them according to Mark Light. So Paul, you know, to take that a step further, how is that connected to what most people now uh, typically think of as the biome, meaning uh, the bacterial population in areas such as the gut? Oh, so that's a great question, Peter. So what's happening is, as they are monitoring us and we are monitoring them, they are also, according to research by John Cryan, a, a Irish researcher at the Microbiome Institute, he has identified in his published research that the bacteria and the, and the fungal world, like Saccharomyces, they're producing metabolites as they are growing with us, and they produce compounds like oxytocin. You've heard of oxytocin. Lactobacillus ruteri produces oxytocin. What oxytocin? One of those feel-good neurochemicals. And then we also know that lactobacillus and bifidobacteria produce GABA, one of those neurotransmitter that, that soothes us and makes us feel um, more calm. So there is a constant messaging back and forth. And what's happening is this microbiome, not only in our gut, but in, on our skin and in our other cavities of our body, in our nose and our eyes, all those bacteria and yeast and viruses, they're all producing and communicating with each other and so if you go into a state of anger or fear or stress, what's happening is it's sending signals to all of these different um, entities that are in us and surrounding us. So we have our membrane, which we call the skin, but then our very planet also has its membrane. And so that's what we call the ozone layer. So it, it's like one, we're all interconnected. And that links to a whole new theory of evolution. The Darwinian theory of evolution is actually now being outdated by a new theory of evolution 
called the hologenomic theory of evolution, which means that we are evolving with thousands of other species. If you don't have these species inside you or on you, you are vastly outnumbered either in the actual species or in the genetic coding. So we are, we are not alone. Wow. Well, let me ask you, Paul, what does everyone need to know about properly taking care of this synergistic relationship we, ha- we have with our skin biome? I think it's, uh, some of it, Radia, is common sense. And I think it's, we've been hearing it almost like mantras every, almost every day. We need to eat a good diet. But we, we need to feed our microbiome, be aware of it. So if you're feeding it refined foods, you're going to generate a whole different type of microbial life in you and on you. We need mm-hmm. to exercise. We really need to meditate. There is a growing body of research showing that mindfulness meditation alters your microbiomes. And then we have to use or take advantage of this inter-kingdom signaling, the kingdom of the algae world. One of my favorite um, algae contributions to Homo sapiens is astaxanthin. One of my favorite fungal kingdom uh, contributions to Homo sapiens are mushrooms like reishi. One of my favorite herbal contributions to Homo sapiens is aloe. And so if we use these kingdoms and then combine them with the fourth kingdom, which is the bacterial kingdom, and ferment, for example, the aloe or ferment the mushrooms, now we've got some real magic happening, which can really nourish and protect our microbiomes. So, Paul, uh, we understand that you have uh, redefined uh, the definition of beauty. Uh, having to do with the skin, of course, but what's the science behind your redefinition of beauty? I think that what uh, I wrote a book uh, with Tom Newmark in uh, in the year two, about 18 or 19 years ago, before the word inflammation became somewhat of a household word or even the term inflammaging, is that we are aging either fast or slow depending upon how we, as an organism, how we manage inflammation. So what I am looking at is by uh, working with and managing the internal and external environments around the skin, I am looking at at, uh, markers of total antioxidant capacity and inflammation, how different agents like hydrogen peroxide and lipopolysaccharides, compounds that could actually uh, be very irritating to the skin. I am looking at how the interkingdom signaling affects these different inflammation markers. I'm also looking very seriously because we know that the skin produces many of these neurochemicals like dopamine, for example, keratinocytes, the skin cells, produce most of the same compounds that our central nervous system produces. So I'm also looking at how these herbs and algae and bacterial and mushroom kingdoms, how they are affecting these different um, neurochemicals. 
And so my key here is I, I, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that we are all living in a very stressed, high, fast-paced environment. So my goal is to soothe and cool down the, uh, the system. And I'm okay. proving it in science. Paul, if you will hold that thought, we need to go to break. Uh, but we'll be right back to continue our interview with herbalist and entrepreneur Paul Schulich after a brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Balance and good health, two essential building blocks for a full and rich life. But sometimes in our complex and stressful world, both can be lost, and you need to find a natural way to get them back. Enter CBD oil, a natural approach to restoring harmony to your body and your life. But not just any CBD oil. For natural results, you want to be sure the CBD oil you use is produced the right way. Wave Organics offers pure CBD oil from hemp raised naturally on farms in Colorado. The oil is extracted using supercritical CO2, which is free of toxic solvents. In fact, Wave controls every step in the process, offering quality control and natural approaches from seed to shelf. Visit waayb.com to learn more and use the code wellnessconnection for a 10% discount on your first order. Wave Organics, pure natural CBD. You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. And welcome back to The Wellness Connection and our continuing interview with Paul Schulich. Paul, in your opinion, uh, what needs to be changed in the field of beauty in America? That's one, you know, Radia, that is absolutely one of my favorite questions. So I have two things that immediately come to mind. Number one is this astounding statistic, which I, I, I quite frankly, I, I still don't fully believe it, but 96% of women, if you ask them, do you feel you are beautiful? 96% of women in the United States say no. Hmm. That is an absolutely astounding statistic. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. My eyes aren't right enough. My nose is too big. My body is just not attractive. My skin isn't right. Even models don't think they're beautiful. So the, the, the marketing of beauty in the United States has to be redefined to functionality and to the miracle of creation. We have to look and understand what is happening when in every single second that every cell in your body, in your skin, every cell in the keratinocytes has 4,000 transactions a second. Now you've got about 30 trillion human cells. That is just an absolutely astounding accomplishment, <clears throat> excuse me, by nature. And so when you think about these trillions of activities 
having this kind of communication that we actually are obsessed with our mirrors and think that we're not beautiful. That's one piece. The other piece, the other second part of how beauty needs to be redefined is that we are putting things on our skin with a uh, with chemical names like toluene, triethylalanine, EDTA, artificial colorings. We're literally bathing our skin, which therefore many of these compounds or chemicals can actually enter into our bloodstream. So not only are we poisoning ourselves in the name of beauty, but to make these chemicals, just read the labels on many of the skincare products, especially the popular ones. Read the chemicals, and if you're not going to eat it, don't put it on your skin. Now, to me, it's just plain common sense. And, but it's, the problem is that we are being told we're not beautiful. So we need to put on these chemicals. And that is like, I, I grew up, I'm 66 years old. I grew up watching Rod Serling's Twilight Zone. I'm telling no, you. Buddy, yeah, we did too. <laughs> this is as, thank you. This is as close to the Twilight Zone as I've ever seen. We're living in the twilight zone. Wow. Well, what, you know, the old adage, beauty is only skin deep, you know, what do you make of this saying? And also, are you working more on supplementation to be taken orally or are you working on topical? Thank you, Radia. That's a great question. So I, 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 like, I like the quotation um, that, uh, that uh, refers to beauty being beyond what you're seeing. I think that's a one step in the right direction. I think the, 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 the famous quotation that beauty is in the eye of the beholder is another step in the right direction that we need to reframe how we view beauty. But here's the one I like even better by H.G. Wells. He said, beauty is in the heart of the beholder. And I think that's really where it's at, that it's really about love. And it's really about, and to me, love is appreciating yourself, you're, you're the wisdom of nature. At one time, I was sitting at a table with my mother, and my mother and father, God bless them, uh, amazing, amazing. My mom is still alive. My dad passed away, but they were both um, uh, devout, atheists. And, um, and I really, I just, I was not in the same mind frame. I always believed that there was some greater wisdom or some, what my people might call a God. But my mom said to me, and we were together, so you don't believe in God, do you, Paul? And I, you know, as soon as my mom said that, I said, I also had this epiphany that, mom, do you realize how many trillions of things have to happen for you just to say that to me? And so to me, that is the actual divinity of it all. And that's what has to do with beauty. So if you understand what it takes to make a human form and to be functional and to have a body that works fairly well, that's, 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 that's the an incredible uh, beauty. The other piece, um, and Radia, you asked this question, I, 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 started, um, I started making 
uh, nutritional supplements in 1982. Um, I was actually working in the herbal business in 1978. And I was right from then, I was always interested in the body's largest organ system, which is the skin. So I always treated the skin externally and internally. Now, because I have left New Chapter, um, my contract with Procter & Gamble ends on July 1st, 2020, where I can then re-enter, because of my non-compete, I can re-enter and sell nutritional supplements again. Well, Paul, you know, obviously uh, working as you have since 1980, uh, and you're a master herbalist, what inspired you to enter that field of skin and beauty? You know, what, what was it that actually, what was, was there a trigger, I guess, is the best way to ask the question. I think, it, I, th I think, Peter, it was simply the most obvious entry point to the human system. And it was also the largest organ system. So for me, uh, so many people, and even more and more people now are, are experiencing skin issues. And so what an amazing opportunity is to put some herbs or some algae or some fermented uh, foods on your skin and then to almost immediately, within sometimes 15 minutes or 30 minutes, some of the research that I'm doing on some of the fermented um, honey product that I'm working on right now, you can literally see a change in the microbiome of the skin in about 15 minutes. That's how long it takes to restore the skin's microbiome after washing if you use the right ingredients. Well, Paul, we've only got just a couple of minutes left. Uh, could you tell us? Four or five pickups away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What, what, are the, what are the three most important beauty tips that we need to adopt right away? I think the most important beauty tips are probably that we are um, mindful of our, of our mind state. That is uh, really, really important that we meditate. I can't, I, I met my wife, Barbie, in 1975, and we both met as meditation teachers. I think it's, I, I still believe today that's the most important thing we can do for ourselves and for our beauty. You can just tell once you, the moment you come out of, I can see it in my wife, Barbie, she comes out of meditation and all of the tightness in her face is relieved. The blood circulation is improved. She has more color. Exercise, diet, and meditation. Those are the three most important tips. And if I throw in one more, ally yourself with the four kingdoms, the bacterial, the fungal, the herbal, and, the, and the, all of the kingdoms that are going to be really, really important for our health. Yeah. Well, how can our listeners learn more about you and keep up with your activities? I would, uh, I would look at For the Biome, F-O-R-T-H-E-B-I-O-M-E. -E. And by the way, the word biome means community. And so if you've heard the word microbiome, it's just a microscopic community. And so Barbie and I are very dedicated to giving back to the global biome. So we are partnering with Project Drawdown and other uh, global climate change and local uh, housing issues for, for other uh, homo sapiens. Mm. 
Well, that's wonderful, Paul. And I, we know that you have much more to share with us, but that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Paul Schulich, for joining us on the Wellness Connection. Thank you, Peter and Radia. We'll be right back after this brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to the Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Do you have trouble with nervousness, trouble relaxing, or turning your brain off at night to fall asleep? Then we may have a natural solution just for you. Calming Cream from Neurobiologics, created by a leading neurosurgeon, provides five essential ingredients to help relax the neurotransmitters of the brain. Who wouldn't want to relax or wind down with a great smelling lotion? Visit neurobiologics.com or coffeewithdrstewart.com for details. Neurobiologics, we are changing lives one formula at a time. You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. That's thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. Well, Radia, you know what that sound means. It's post time, time for the supplement of the week. And what supplement are we posting this week? Well, here's a unique and important supplement for PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, hormone imbalances, and blood sugar that very few folks are familiar with. And that's D chiro inositol. And here's how it works when insulin binds to its receptors on the cell, it unlocks and releases secondary messengers. There are two insulin mediators or messenger molecules, myo-inositol and d-chiro-inositol, that let the cell know it needs to respond to insulin. Inositol phosphoglycan, IPG, cleaves to either myo-inositol or d-chiro-inositol. D-chiro-inositol, D-C-IPG, signals to the cell to either burn or store sugar while myo-IPG signals to produce testosterone. And many women with PCOS have too much testosterone. So when DC-IPG signals the cell to either burn or store sugar, the sugar gets used and insulin is reduced, which triggers myo-IPG to stop producing testosterone. But some people, Peter, genetically cannot produce enough DC-IPG. Without enough DCIPG telling the cell to dispose of sugar, it in turn keeps insulin high, uh, otherwise known as insulin resistance, which doesn't trigger myo-IPG to stop producing testosterone, keeping it high. So women with polycystic ovary syndrome, or PCOS, generally have an elevated testosterone due to their body's ability inability to convert to DCIPG. And that's correct. A special note to you guys out there. Now, this is only referring to testosterone secreted by the thacus cells in the ovary and not the testes. So DCI will not affect your testosterone secretion. 
Besides helping PCOS, D-chiro inositol has many important benefits. Studies have shown that it reduces triglyceride levels, increases HDL, which is the good cholesterol, and decreases blood pressure. DCI may also reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes and gestational diabetes, while it may improve the risk factors of metabolic syndrome. Even infertility may be caused by hormonal imbalances, and DCI has been shown to normalize menstrual cycles and help restore ovulation. Another factor about inositol is it functions as a secondary messenger for serotonin and dopamine, neurotransmitters that send signals back and forth between the brain and other systems in the body. Low levels of inositol may disrupt this signaling, possibly resulting in mood disorders and impaired mental health. So, to, uh, so just to recap here, research finds DCI, dichiroinositol, has been shown to increase cellular insulin sensitivity, increase fertility, improve ovulation frequency by 300%, increase low progesterone levels, reduce serum insulin levels. It also reduces serum androgens, testosterone, both free and total. It reduces glycosylated uh, hemoglobin or HbA1c an indicator of long-term sugar levels, reduces plasma triglyceride levels, the amount of fat in your blood, reduces so-called bad or LDL cholesterol, increases so-called good or HDL cholesterol, and reduces raised blood pressure, both systolic and diastolic. Wow, what a, what a list of benefits. Right. So next time I'm gonna talk about dichiroinositol and autophagy. And we've got Dr. Stewart, who um, we have recorded, who talked about autophagy in the last uh, few episodes. So I'll touch on that next time. But if you're interested in getting the right dechiroinositol and the right dose, you can contact me at the Wellness Connection, AHI at gmail.com, or call me at Lake Hills Pharmacy, which is 512. 608-9355, and I'll send you some. Shipping is free, and remember, we don't get commission on these products we share with you. I just want to make sure you get the right ones with the proper instructions. Yeah, dichironositol is really a go-to for so many issues, it seems like. It's just amazing what it can do. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. It's been amazing. And now it's time for the burning question where we answer those important health questions that you, the listeners, send in to us. It's important to note that any diagnosis of disease can only be provided by your medical doctor or other licensed healthcare professional. None of the information we present is intended for the diagnosis or treatment of disease. And uh, today's burning question was submitted by who, Radia? Well, Elizabeth from right here in Austin. She asks, how can we be sure that the supplements we buy are backed by science and are the highest quality? A very frequently asked question. That's, that's her big, biggest, biggest concern. So, well, Elizabeth, there's been a dramatic increase in the use of nutritional supplements over the last several years, and with many relying on these alternatives as a means to prevent and treat disease. However, there is a common belief held by the population that all supplements are created equal. This has led some to seek best value, not best quality. 
I always say, if you want to save money by cheap ballpoint pens, don't pay for something that takes four metabolic processes to become bioavailable. Yeah, and the reason that's so is most vitamins and supplements are petroleum extracts, coal tar derivatives, and chemically processed sugar, plus some industrial pro industrially processed fish oils, with other acids and industrial chemicals such as formaldehyde used to process them. The cheaper versions are loaded with fillers, binders, and shellac that simply do not metabolize. Let me say that again. Shellac. That's the same stuff that you finish wood furniture with. Some nurses in hospitals used to laughingly refer to them as bedpan bullets. This should really point up to every consumer that they should know that the grade, form, purity, bioavailability, and third-party verification all contribute to the effectiveness of the product they're ingesting. Also, it's important to remember all vitamins should be screened for impurities such as lead, mercury, pesticides, insecticides, or other toxic ingredients. You can be sure that professional grade quality supplement manufacturers perform this laboratory analysis on their products. And also, you know, as consumers, be sure to find out what kind of assays they perform on their products and see if they, uh, if they do what's called disintegration studies on their supplements. You may also want to see if the company performs human trials to ensure that they're safe and effective. The best way to make sure you are purchasing a high-quality nutritional supplement is to buy a pharmaceutical-grade form. Pharmaceutical-grade is usually only sold by a licensed or certified healthcare practitioner or pharmacy. Yeah, the, the manufacturers of pharmaceutical-grade supplements know you know, that their high-quality products can be a, have a, a profound effect on individuals' health. So therefore, they want a licensed or certified healthcare practitioner monitoring the use of their product. Like, you can't get most of the supplements that our pharmacy sells at GNC or Walmart. We have to show our degrees and certifications to the manufacturer in order to sell them. And that's what, you know, I'm paid for. It's my responsibility to question the manufacturer and demand these purity assays and research on these products. So in, as the old Latin phrase says, caveat emptor, consumer beware. High quality nutraceuticals can be a lifesaver for some when used properly and under the guidance of someone who is educated and trained in their usage. Just because you can buy a lot of supplements online it's not always a great idea. Remember, the internet is like the wild, wild west, and anyone can say anything on the internet. Yeah, Peter. We often hear the phrase, well, the science says, but most people, unless educated in this area, can't even read a scientific paper. And I, and I don't mean to sound derogatory, but if the title of a research paper, for example, is The Postprandial Absorption of Methyl Tetrahydrofolate, <laughs> would the average consumer understand that title? It basically means, you know, how well do you absorb folic acid after a meal, but it's deliberately written so that you don't understand it. So I can bet dollars to donuts the sales clerk at Sam's Club hasn't read the science, let alone spent thousands of dollars testing the quality of their product. Well, I hope that answers your burning question today, and you can submit your own burning question by sending it to us at thewellnessconnection, A-H-I, at gmail.com. That's thewellnessconnection, A-H-I, at gmail.com. 
Tune in every week to hear if your question is being answered on the air. We'll be right back with important information about drug-induced nutrient depletion and our health freedom update after a brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio. Do you or a family member have trouble concentrating, staying on task, remembering things? Does everyday life stress you out or are you in a bad mood? Well, we may have just the solution. Neurobiologics' new nutritional formula, Full Focus, created by leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist, Dr. Kendall Stewart, with 12 active ingredients carefully crafted by a physician to maximize brain performance, memory, and mood. For more information on this product and to view a video by Dr. Stewart explaining how Full Focus works and may be helpful to you or your family, please visit neurobiologics.com. Neurobiologics, where our mission is your health. You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. Welcome back to the Wellness Connection. And this week's drug induced nutrient depletion update features what, Radia? Well, this week the drug is known as conjugated estrogens. Uh, These are Premarin hormone replacement therapy and certain types of birth control pills. And the nutrients they deplete are B6, vitamin D, calcium, magnesium, zinc, folic acid, and B12. You know, I'm I'm starting to see a trend here Mm. that almost without exception, virtually every one of the classes of drugs depletes some sort of mineral Mm -hmm. or B vitamin. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes vitamin D. Well, in this case, we're talking, uh, first of all, of vitamin B6 deficiency, which can manifest as acne, anemia, ADD, degeneration of the peripheral nerves, depression, hair loss, irritability, learning disabilities, weakness, poor metabolism of protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And signs of B12 deficiency are pernicious or megablastic anemia, swollen tongue, fatigue, pallor, dizziness, numbness, tingling, moodiness, and agitation. Signs of folic acid deficiency will include anemia, irritability, weakness, weight loss, apathy, anorexia, sore tongue, headache, palpitations, forgetfulness, hostility, paranoid behavior, GI disturbance, and diarrhea. And signs of vitamin D deficiency of course, is osteomalacia, a burning sensation in the mouth and throat, insomnia, nervousness, and weakened immune. And signs of calcium deficiency will include a decrease in the formation of bone and teeth, uh, blood clotting, cell membrane permeability, neuromuscular activity, heart rhythm, nerve tranquilization, nerve transmission, muscle growth, and contraction. And signs of magnesium deficiency, weakness, Personality changes, muscle tremors, tetany, muscle twitches, you know, especially in the face and the eye muscle. Have you ever noticed that? Yep. Um, alopecia or hair loss, swollen gums, skin lesions, lesions of the small arteries, and mitocardial necrosis. 
and signs of zinc deficiency will be decreases of bone metabolism and structure, uh, and uh, decreased protein digestion, decreased energy production, decreases in insulin activity and normal taste, impairment of wound healing, the immune system, and the skin's normal oil gland function. When you, so when you pick up your prescriptions, be sure that you talk to a qualified pharmacist or wellness consultant in order to help you get the right nutrients to complement your prescription. And now it's time for our health freedom segment. Each week during this segment, we'll be talking with renowned experts and advocates about our most precious right, the right to bodily integrity, the right to decide for ourselves what we put into our bodies and how to care for them. Some of us call that health freedom. Today's special guest is our friend and fellow health freedom advocate, Sheila Hemphill. Sheila is the CEO and co-founder of Texas Right to Know, an organization focused on the protection of healthcare practitioner and patient rights. A 1984 graduate of Angelo State University with a degree in computer science, Sheila has devoted the succeeding years to providing better access to cutting-edge healthcare solutions for the people of Texas. An involved and passionate community activist, Sheila was the driving force behind enactment of Texas' first city ordinance, which rolled back mandatory smart meter residential installation. In the process, she played a key role in bringing this issue national attention. At present, she's deeply involved in efforts at the Texas legislature to uncover and correct administrative abuses of practitioners and patients by the Texas Medical and Nursing Boards. Sheila, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Thank you for having me. It's a joy to be with you. Well, Sheila, Sheila um, what caused you to begin investigating the Texas Healthcare Practitioner Boards? Well, Peter, it actually started out with me physically falling apart. And then as I went to regain my health, I came across some wonderful, gifted uh, health practitioners from MDs to preventive scans to dentistry to naturopaths, and I had the privilege of redoing a lot of their websites for them. And in this uh, exercise, I found out what challenges they're under based upon the aggressive nature of the Texas Medical Board. Hmm. Well, we know, we know you've uncovered a lot of information about these issues, so briefly, can you describe what you found? Well, I started uh, in the 2016 sunset. I started looking into the situation, and I started out with some open records requests to ask the question, how would you go about filing a complaint against the agency? And what I found, there was not a link, and there was not even a policy on how to file a complaint against the agency of the medical board until July 2nd of 2018. There, officially from the governor's office, there was not an official protocol on how to file a complaint at the governor's office, though the governor is who appoints the board members. So then in email correspondence, it boiled down to the designated oversight of the Texas Medical Board and the Board of Nursing is the 181 legislative offices. That's who you're supposed to go to. That, that, that's a real efficient way of, uh, of being able to do that. I quit your day job. Oh, my God. Wow. So, Sheila, you had mentioned earlier in our discussion that the legislators are the ones who are responsible for overseeing this process. 
What are they doing to correct these situations? Well, we kind of got behind the curve in this legislative session. We were hoping to get an office of um, ombudsman, which it would be a means for these complaints to be centralized so that you could track how many patients have uh, filed a complaint against the doctor. I've, I've, people are finding me just off of my website, and I've had three patients call in with very egregious stories. Uh, WFAA out of Dallas-Fort Worth has done reports on two physicians. Um, I don't know if y'all remember the Dr. Dunce. Um, he, he was a spinal surgeon, and basically he's now in prison. And then there's another one that they did one, another doctor, spinal doctor, that's had over 24 patient complaints filed against him, and everything was uh, dismissed as of June 2014, uh, 2018. Well, you know, just, just briefly, Sheila, I just really want to address, sort of play the devil's advocate here, because I work with a lot of integrative medical doctors, a lot of functional med medical doctors that would be considered practicing, quote, unquote, outside of the standard of practice. Um, and it, it kind of puts them in a tough spot because they're, they're, it's not considered standard of practice. They are using nutraceuticals and other kinds of practices. So how does that protect the functional medicine doctor or doctors that want to expand their, you know, creative um, uh, aspects of, of medical practice? Well, the statute allows for complementary alternative medicine. It's Title 22, Part 9, Chapter 200. Specifically talks about how physicians have the right to practice complementary alternative medicine and patients have the right to seek it. The problem comes in is when they actually implement what they have by statute or allowed to do, the board can then come in and slap them down with an administrative rule, 190.8a, of violating the standard of care. So what they allow to do with one hand they then come and slap it down with the other. So that's been a problem. Now that particular one did slightly get addressed in this upcoming sunset because they did not get re-sunset in 2016. So they're still in their sunset. And uh, we got 10 of the 12 items that we were going for. One in particular was that they're, uh, if a physician is alleged a violating standard of care, they are to consider whether or not physician is practicing complementary alternative medicine. Now, that's kind of weak, but that's kind of what we came out with. Mm. But yes, you're right. It, it's of concern. In fact, just today, I was touting the benefits of functional medicine in an example of a 12-year-old case study of a typical one in six children on mood or behavior medication who had been seen by five specialists, had 11 diagnoses, diagnosis and was on seven medications yeah. which would be the standard of care right because now we're you come in and you give your symptom the doctor mm -hmm. issues a diagnosis follows the dotted line to the pharmaceutical which may be exactly what you need so this isn't about being against pharmaceuticals but when you have seven of these pharmaceuticals and when you look at the handwriting and the outcome of that standard of care protocol, the handwriting of the child was chaotic. Mm. With 
child got to a functional doctor who says, what's not functioning? Or you would have 11 diagnoses. Mm -hmm. The child was gluten intolerant, food allergies, fungus lead present, and uh, nutritional deficiencies. Two months of addressing the physical root causes, the child's handwriting goes to neat and orderly. Hmm. Well, you know, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to close our conversation, but real quick, uh, Sheila, how can our listeners learn more and become involved? Um, my website is texasrighttoknow.com, all spelled out. And oh, on it, there is a TMB accountability, the Board of Nursing accountability, and functional medicine. We are currently working on a survey that would survey consumers of, of, of health products and services, patients, physicians, nurses, attorneys, uh, and several other different individual roles to get feedback on what their experience has been, what they want from healthcare, what their experience has been with these licensing boards. Sheila, you know, we, we would love to continue this discussion and you bring so much to the table. We're going to have to get you back and continue this conversation and hear more about all of the things you do in the state of Texas. But that's all the time we have for today. So thank you again, Sheila Hempel, for joining us on The Wellness Connection. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Awesome. We'll see you soon. Be sure to tune in next week, and of course, be sure to submit your burning question. The next one we answer may be yours. I'm your co-host, Roddy Iglese. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. So long for now from the Wellness Connection, brought to you by Wabe and Neurobiologics. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Wellness Connection with Roddy Iglese and Peter McCarthy. Be sure to join us for another episode next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again next week.